You know, the last month or so, I've really felt very strongly in my heart that we should explore certain teachings uh, that, you know, usually I would teach some of these things in, in a different format, either in a seminar or when I'm having a leadership meeting. But as I have uh, interacted with many people in many different places, I know that some of these truths in the Bible we need to bring back and learn again so that people can be able to receive the benefits of what Jesus has provided on the cross. I personally am not convinced that we have truly preached the full counsel of what God has provided through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we are nearing the Good Friday period and we'll be focusing on the crucifixion, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, there are certain truths about what happened on the cross that we need to explore again. And we need to believe and apply in our lives so that we can walk in the fullness of what God has provided. In Isaiah chapter 53, and I'm reading from verse 1 to verse 6 in the King James Bible, it reads as follows. Who has believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root of a dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him smitten and stricken of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. I believe this portion in the book of Isaiah is one of the most important, if not in the Old Testament. This is what the Old Testament starts with. It commences here. It's a description of the suffering of the coming one, the Messiah. And when you read about it, it spells out fully how he came, how he suffered. He didn't suffer for himself, but he suffered for us. I believe Isaiah 53 fully gives us the full spectrum of what the cross of Christ is about. Most people don't have trouble believing that Jesus died for their sins. And they really have no trouble of receiving the benefits of that death on the cross. But when it comes to areas like healing, deliverance, prosperity, soundness, and wholeness, many people struggle. Because it, to them, it's almost like you need a different set of rules to walk in healing. And yet, when we read Isaiah, 
Isaiah gives us, if you would, the full house of what Jesus provided. The same Christ who died on the cross for your sins. In the same act, he died on the cross for your healing and for your deliverance. And for that reason, as much as you have a right to be born again, you have a right to walk in divine healing in the name of Jesus. And you have a right to walk in deliverance in your lives. Satan cannot hold you bondage. He cannot hold you hostage. Because his power over your life was dealt with through the cross of Jesus Christ. And so Isaiah 53 gives us the full menu of what Jesus did. It deals with the reality that on the cross, Jesus died for our sins. But by the same token, on the cross, he died to secure our divine healing and he died to secure deliverance for us. Therefore, through the cross, healing is provided to us. Through the cross, you and I have become benefactors of the healing power of God through the cross. You see, when you read the Bible, you know that the truth about divine healing didn't start today. It didn't start even in the book of Acts, nor did it start in the New Testament. Healing has always been part and parcel of God's plan. God is aware that you and I, as much as we are spiritual beings, and most importantly, our spirits need to be saved so that we go to heaven, but God is also aware that as we live down here on earth, we would love to enjoy a quality of life which is a life that is without sickness and without disease. And God has provided for that. But many of God's people walk and live in this life without that benefit. Some of you who are watching, you may be struggling with sickness and disease. Many of you, or some of you who are here, those of you who are live streaming, you could be in that place where you are walking in sickness and in disease. You know, as a child, I was quite sickly, you know. I grew up as one of those kids who was sicklek. I don't know how to say it in English. Is it sickly? Sicklek, sickly, sicklek. Sicklek, 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 sirlek, sirlek, sicklek, sicklek, sickly. I was quite sickly, you know. I was quite familiar with being sick to a point that it was normal being sick. But one thing that I had a problem with, I used to have migraine headaches. It was such a torture, Bazalana. You know, I don't ever remember in my youth going a week without having a headache. If I didn't have a headache, and I was sitting in the shade, the minute I walked out of the shade into the sun, then the headache would start. If I was in the sun, and the headache was not pounding, when I walked into yeah, the shade, then the headache started. Winter time, I knew. I, I, I was the culprit for flu. I knew all kinds of remedies. I knew all kinds of that. And so I, I grew up being like that. I mean, and, and you know, you get to a point where you accept that you are what? Sick leg, yeah. But then as after I got saved and I started reading the Bible, and I remember I was reading in the book of Matthew where Jesus said, if you have faith like a seed, a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be removed. And nothing shall be impossible for you. And I remember one of the major things I wanted was just to have relief just for one month. And I remember praying. I was 17 years old at the time. And I, was, I prayed and I asked God to heal me from migraine headaches. Now, the manifestation of the healing didn't happen at that time. But I can guarantee you, since that year, 
That was the end of my migraine headaches. Now, I will not say I haven't had to deal with having a headache since that time. I won't lie and say that to you. Okay? There are times when I've had headaches, sometimes because I can't enough, sometimes because kijile something, not kitsuvile something, okay? Kijile something, all right? But I have had to deal with that. But headaches as they were then, I was a free person. And then winter time came and I went through winter without, you know, without having to deal with that. And I can be honest with you, ever since I was 17 years old to date, I have enjoyed a good amount of good health by the grace of God. And, 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 it's, and it's not because of anything. It's simply because of the very scriptures that I'm going to be reading to you. You can walk in divine healing. Tell your neighbor, you can walk in divine healing. Tell them. Tell the other neighbor, you can walk in divine healing. Tell them. Tell them. Just tell your neighbor again, you can walk in divine healing in the name of Jesus. And it is possible. And so, here are the truths. When you read the Bible, here are the following truths. And our times doesn't allow us today. But here are the truths that we find as you read the totality of the Bible. Now, it's important. If you want to establish any belief system, read the fullness of the Bible. Right? But read the totality of the Bible. When you read in the Bible, as I said, you will know that even in the Old Testament, God had provided for healing. This is long before Jesus was crucified on the cross, even in the Old Testament. And so when you read the fullness of the Bible, this is what we learn about divine healing. Number one, the first thing is that it is God's will to heal you. Let me try again. I said, it is God's will to heal you. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear another amen? I said, number one, it is God's will to heal you. Yes. There are many people who don't believe it's God's will. And that is one of the major hindrances why they cannot walk in divine healing. It is God's will to heal you. Tell your neighbor, it is God's will to heal you. Tell your other neighbor, it is God's will to heal you. Look at your neighbor again and says, it is God's will to heal me. Now, read the scriptures at home. I'm not going to read them. But in Mark chapter 1 from verse 40, and in Matthew chapter 8 from verse 1, both people who approached Christ were asking him if he was willing and the, the question was, Lord, if you will, you can heal me. Now, that's a very important question. Because you see, Barcelona, the question of God's willingness is not, about, is not a question about God's ability. You see, most people believe that God is able. In fact, if you go anywhere, even people, if you can ask them, is God able to heal you? They will tell you yes. So the issue is not about God's ability. The issue is, is God willing to use his ability concerning me? That's the question. I don't have a problem in God being able, but the issue is, will he do it for me? And when they came, they were asking, Lord, will you? And in both instances, Jesus answered, I will. So it is God's will. I said it is God's will. I said it is God's will. Sickness and disease, Barcelona, is not what God wants in your life. 
God wants you well. God wants you whole. God wants you fully recovered. And you've got to believe that because if you don't believe that, you will not be able to walk in the fullness of what God has provided. It is God's will. I think for me, it was the biggest liberating point that I got as a, as a young person to know it is God's will because somehow through preaching, we sometimes give the impression that God doesn't want to heal people. I don't know about you, Basil, and I know some of you are younger than me, but now in my time, as I grew up, I mean, through, you know, different religious preachings, I mean, the picture I had of God was very bad. I mean, it was like God is this big supernatural being in heaven, sitting there with a big spiritual baseball bat, waiting for me to do something and to bash my brains out. And I lived in fear. I'm telling you, I was fearful. I felt condemned. I was always afraid of God. And I didn't realize that God loves me. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So God is willing. God is willing. And God is willing to heal you this morning. You see, now your amen is not convincing. I said God is willing to heal you this morning. It is God's will to heal you. God wants to heal you. God wants to heal your family. God wants to heal your children. God wants to heal your lineage. God wants to heal you. It doesn't matter how long you have been sick. God wants to heal you. God wants to set you free from that pain. God wants to release you from that pain. God wants you to have a day or a night without pain for a change. God wants to heal you. It is God's will to heal you. Believe it. Believe it like Jesus told them. Yes, I will. The second thing we find out is that God is able to heal. I want to read that one. God is able to heal. In Mark chapter 9. Mark chapter 9. Now, I want to show you something there which is important. Because tied to God being able to heal, there's something that you must do concerning that. Jesus... I don't know where I must pick up the story. I don't know where I picked it up in the, in the other trainer. Okay, let's, verse 17, okay. Uh, one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought my son unto, your disciple, uh, unto you, which has a dumb spirit. And wherever he takes him, he tears him, he forms in the mount, gnashes it with his teeth, and it pins him away. Now note, I spoke to your disciples that they should cast him out, but they could not cast the evil spirit out. I'm just adding some things that are there spoken about. Jesus answered and said, Oh, faithless generation. Note, note his focus. Oh, faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto Jesus. And when he saw him, straight away the spirit, the evil spirit, tore him and he fell on the ground and wallowed for me. And Jesus asked the father, how long is it that he has been like this? And the father said, since he was a child. You must note, it doesn't matter how long you've been suffering with the condition. Are you there? It doesn't matter how long with God. Verse 22. And oftentimes the spirit has thrown him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Now note what the father said. If you can do anything, if you can do anything, if you are able, God, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. 
Now, if it was like sometimes the way we present God, we would have said, well, this is God's punishment. This is This is the cross that you must carry. If it was according to the way we say things today, Mundimo is testing your faith. That's not what Jesus said. That's not what Jesus said. This man said, look, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus turns it around. Not what Jesus said. Jesus says in verse 23, if you can believe, <laughs> if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Let me decode it for you. Jesus is saying, all things are possible with God. God's power is available. But what triggers the ability of God is you believing that God can do it. It's an assumed fact. It's already accepted that God can. God is able. There's no question. All things are possible with God. Matter what triggers that ability is you believing. That's why I was saying all faithless generation. If you don't believe, it's not going to happen. You've got to believe. You've got to believe that God is willing to heal you. Let's go back to Isaiah. So in Isaiah 53, we note... Verse 3, when it talks about Jesus, it says he is despised and he is rejected of men. He is a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Very interesting. That word sorrow in Hebrew is the word M-A-K-O-B. Sorrows. Not only is Jesus a man of sorrows, that verse says he is acquainted with grief. That word Grief there that we read about is the word M-A-K-O-B. Now watch. Jesus is a man, acquaint, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Excuse me. The word M-A-K-O-B is the word sorrows. Correctly translated, that word M-A-K-O-B means anguish and pain. Jesus is a man acquainted with anguish and pain. Listen carefully. Jesus is familiar with anguish and pain. If you have anguish, if you have pain, it's not foreign to Jesus. And he understands when you talk about your anguish and when you talk about your pain. Jesus is acquainted with anguish and with pain. He's a man of sorrows and it says he's acquainted with grief. That word grief is the Hebrew word C-H-O-L-I-Y. C-H-O-L-I-Y. And that word is, is translated malady, sickness, and disease. Jesus is a man of anguish and pain. He is acquainted with malady, sickness, and disease. So when Jesus hung on the cross, he is a man who is acquainted with malady, sickness, disease, anguish, and pain. But note what it says, verse 4. It says, surely he has borne our griefs. Not only is he acquainted with them, he has borne them. Not only is acquainted with your grief and your sorrows, he has borne it. And that word born is a very interesting word in the Hebrew. That word born in scripture is the word N-A-S-A, Nasa, which means to lift up. It means to bear away. 
it conveys the idea of bearing away to remove to a distance. Surely he has borne our griefs. He has carried our sorrows. So when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he was bearing our griefs and he was carrying our sorrows. Interesting. He was hung on a hill outside the city. He hung on the cross for you and for me. And on the cross, he was bearing our sickness, bearing our pain, bearing our disease. This is a complete picture of what used to happen in the book of Leviticus. As people brought the scapegoat to the priest, the priest would take the scapegoat that would be brought by the people of Israel as they came before God to come and confess their sins once a year. And they would bring the scapegoat and the high priest would lay his hands on the scapegoat, symbolically showing that all the wrong, all the evil, all the pain, all the sickness, all the curses, all the bad luck, all the punishment, everything that was due to the people of Israel was now symbolically being transferred onto this scapegoat. And this scapegoat would be taken outside of the city gates to go outside of the city to go and die there or this scapegoat would be slaughtered and its blood would flow on behalf of the people. It was a sign that someone has come as a substitute. Someone has come in your place. Someone has come to take your sin, your sickness, your disease, your pain, your malady. Somebody has come. You don't have to bear it. Somebody is bearing it on your behalf. Oh, on that Friday, Jesus Christ of Nazareth died on the cross. And as he died on the cross, he bore your sickness. He bore your disease, your sins. And he carried it away outside the city on a hill called God. Golgotha and he hung on the cross of Calvary and died on your behalf. Surely he has borne your griefs and he has carried your sorrows. And so it is God's will for you to walk in healing, to walk in divine health. You don't have to bear. You don't have to bear it. Somebody bore it for you. You don't have to carry it. Somebody carried it for you. Can I hear a good amen? You don't have to suffer it. Somebody suffered it on your behalf. And this is why when we pray for people to be healed, it's not because we are healing specialists, but we are calling upon the God who is a God who keeps covenant and is a God who said, go ye therefore, lay hands on the sick, they will recover, pray for them. Now I know under the protocols, we can't lay hands on you right now, but we can pray for you right where you are. And whatever your condition is, I want everybody to stand on their feet. You at home, I want to pray for you right now. What is your sickness? What is your disease? Some of you, your sickness and your disease may have been something that has characterized your entire family. Your family doesn't live past a certain age because of sickness and because of disease. You've gotten to the point where you have made peace with it and you call yourself sick and you say, this is my disease. But when God spoke to the children of Israel, he said to them, I am the Lord that healeth thee. I am Jehovah Rapha. I am Jehovah Rapha. He's the God that heals you. And whatever your condition is, right where you are right now, I want to pray for you. Bring it before God. Bring it before God. Even if they said it's an incurable disease. You may be lying in a hospital under a ventilator. 
Maybe you are lying at home. You are under quarantine of some sort. Maybe you are a couple. You can't have children. Doesn't matter what your situation is. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. He is the Lord. I am the Lord. That he led thee. I am the Lord. Your Jesus, I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. Believe it, that's from the book of Exodus. Sing it again, everybody. I am the Lord, the Lord that healed thee, that healed Your healer, I sent my word and healed your disease. I am the Lord, your healer. Just raise your hands if you need healing in your body. We pray in the name of Jesus. The name above every name. As we stand against every sickness, every disease, every malady, every pain, every form of anguish, every form of bondage. In the name of Jesus, we release you right now. In the name of Jesus, we thank God for the healing power that's coming into your body right where you are. Be healed of incurable diseases. Be healed of generational curses. Be delivered, be set free from all kinds of curses, all kinds of bad luck, all kinds of things that have been invoked on your life. Be healed, be delivered. May God bless you with children as a couple. May God bless you and release you into the fullness of his power. Be released right now from the pains of the disease, from the oppression of the disease. Let the healing power of God be your portion. Father, we thank you for healing people of high blood pressure, heart diseases, sugar diabetes. Thank you for healing people of all kinds of conditions in the name of Jesus. Thank you for healing people of mental conditions, mental diseases. Thank you, Lord, for going into homes that have been wallowing under the force and the power of sickness and disease and changing their story. Thank you for rewriting a new story concerning these families. In the name of Jesus, we speak the healing power. In the name of Jesus, be released and be set free right now. In Jesus' name. Ah, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for healing people. We thank God for healing you. Believe it. Receive it. Walk in the fullness of it. For Jesus died on the cross just for you to make sure that you are healed. But also Jesus died that you might be saved, you might be born again. Right where you are, you may want to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. You may be here right now, you want to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. Would you raise your hand? Let me pray for you right where you are. As I pray for you, follow me congregation as we pray. Follow me in the prayer as we pray. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus Christ 
to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart. Thank you for making me a child of God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you've received Christ in your life, know that God has set you on a new path. I want you to know Jesus died on the cross just for you. No situation is too hard for God. Your situation hasn't gone long enough for God not to be able to turn it around. Believe what God has said. Walk in the fullness of what God has said. And I believe this week will be a different week for you to the glory of God. Let's meet again next week Sunday. God bless you. Give, give the Lord a big hand of praise. Hallelujah.